I was young at work, and uh, I looked around my office, and, the, and there weren't a whole lot of people that looked like me. 24 at the time, and I think the, the, the closest person to age was kind of early 40s. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, often when you're young, you're kind of looking for, for peers. Welcome to Studio Y, a podcast from Federal News Radio. I'm Nicole Lagrisco. And I'm Michael O'Connell. So before I came here, I worked at an office where I was probably the youngest person there by 20 years, at least. And they were very nice, very nice people. It wasn't that we couldn't have conversations with each other. But at the end of the day, it would have been nice if there was someone else there that was a little closer to my age that I could relate to, that that person could relate to me. And we could talk about the experiences that we had at work in a relatable way. Well, it's funny you say that because I've had the exact opposite experience. But having worked in offices, several offices where I was actually one of the older people there, and there were a lot of uh, 20-somethings who were reporters and things that I was dealing with. But, uh, you know, I, I was aware of the fact that when they, they had problems, they might not come to me, uh, an older manager, to ask questions. They felt more comfortable talking to people who were much closer to their age. So it sounds like this is probably something that happens at a lot of different offices. So, Mike, who did you talk to this week? I spoke to Steve Ressler, the founder of GovLoop and Young Government Leaders. And as uh, the name for YGL sort of suggests, it focuses on issues of interest uh, for young federal employees. And one of the nice things about both organizations, they're about connecting employees with each other so that they can sort of find common answers to problems that they're facing. So I was, uh, you know, at Homeland Security, I worked at Department of Homeland Security, and uh, one thing my boss said to me almost every day was, hey, Steve, can you work on X project? And X project might be create an IT strategic plan. It might be, hey, uh, launch a new piece of technology. It might be, see, hey, find out what uh, other agencies are doing on IV and V contracts. And every time I did that, I usually just kind of went to Google and Googled around and tried to find information. And I thought to myself, I was at the kind of the same time using new technologies. Fa- Facebook and MySpace were kind of getting going at the time. And I thought, what if there was an online community of government employees where you could connect and learn from each other. The cool idea about government and with GovLoop is we're all on the same team. So if you're at EPA and I'm at Centers for Disease Control and you're at uh, you know NIH, well, we all are on the same team and, and willing to learn and share. So that was the original idea of GovLoop was just to create an online community to connect and learn with folks. Uh, when it, it really started with my own pain and need, and it's evolved to now GovLoop's over 200,000 members, tons of uh, daily discussions, free trainings, research, all with the goal of helping government employees do their job better. The thing that gets me excited every night is – uh, the, the power through the community on the site to really improve and change lives. So as I mentioned, you know, we started out at zero, then 1,000 and 2,000. Now we're over 200,000 uh, members on the site. And what's cool is it's fed state local. And every day uh, people are learning from each other on topics ranging from cybersecurity to GIS to how to be a great manager for the first time. And it's really, uh, it's been a fun ride. You're a third generation public sector leader. What was so important for you to get into the public service? You know, being third generation, part of it is, is you never want to follow in your parents' footsteps, at least for me. I don't know if it's normal. So my, my dad worked 40 years in IRS, and uh, growing up, that definitely wasn't kind of what I wanted to do. I, I actually went to undergrad and really thought I'd be a professor and even went to grad school thinking I wanted to be a professor. But uh, what changed my course was during my second year of my Ph.D., I applied and won a scholarship uh, from Department of Homeland Security because I was studying social network analysis and terrorism. And I really thoroughly enjoyed the work I was doing there and really 
actually wanted to, to give back and actually do practical hands-on work. So I actually left my master's, left after my master's and started working for Homeland Security. And really what drew me to public service was uh, really the, the calling of public service, the work on important issues that matter and the ability to make a difference. So uh, I think you find that in a lot of uh, young leaders as well. It's the, it's the mission that, that brings you into public service. Yes, now, you're also the founder of Young Government Leaders, and what was the inspiration for that? I, uh, I founded Young Government Leaders before GovLoop. So oh. um, if you actually – so I, I launched Young Government Leaders right around kind of late 03, 04, and that kind of came out of the inspiration that I was young at work, and uh, I looked around my office, and, the, and there weren't a whole lot of people that looked like me. I think I was 24 at the time, and I think the, the, the closest person to age was kind of early 40s. And there's nothing wrong with that, but, you know, often when you're young, you're kind of looking for, for peers. And me and a friend started a happy hour for other uh, young federal employees like ourselves that, that grew really 2 to 10 to 20. And eventually uh, a reporter called, speaking of uh, being on a reporter today, but a reporter called and said, what's the name of your group and what are you doing? And, and we didn't. A, have a group. We were just a happier organization, but uh, it inspired us to do more. So uh, Young Government Leaders now is, is really grown. So it's now over, uh, I think it's over 9,000 members, uh, 12 chapters across the U.S. Uh, and what's cool is every year, year or two years, there's a new president, always someone who's in government at the current time. So right now we have uh, two great kind of co-leaders, Tyler Robinson and, and Ginny Hill. Uh, and we've had like four or five generations of uh, YGL presidents. I'm on the board, heavily involved. And, and actually, uh, the Next Generation of Government Training Summit event that we hold this July is actually co-hosted with young government leaders in GovLoop. So it's a little bit of me collaborating with myself. So it's kind of fun. So how different are the concerns that, that young government leaders have with their older colleagues at the agencies? So one thing I always like to tell is uh, I think you should se separate uh, cohort with what's new in 2015. So what I mean by that is there's just some natural concerns you have at 24, whether you were 24 in 2015 or 24 at 1992. So I think uh, a lot of the, 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 the concerns of young kind of rising leaders are you know, stuff any new entrant to work has when they're trying to figure out work, which is around uh, how do I find great work, how to have an impact, how do I understand the bureaucracy, how do I navigate through the bureaucracy. I think the, the unique thing that's kind of happening for this generation that's occurring right now, you know, there, there's a couple big macro trends going on. So you have uh, folks that are coming into public service in a time when you know, budgets are shrinking. The retirement tsunami is kind of starting to happen, so you see some of the best and the brightest baby boomers are retiring. Often those roles aren't filled, so you have you know fewer staff doing more work with less people. Uh, at the same time, the media is uh, beating up government employees. You know, we have low, low to non-existing pay raises, so it's just a tough time to be a, a public servant. So I think a lot of what I, I talk about when I when I meet the rising leaders, they, they come into it for the mission and they want to have impact. But once they get in, it, it can be tough. So they're often really looking for help uh, navigating the bureaucracy, having impact, and also how to make change. So a lot of them come in with new ideas and, and new methodologies, whether it's technology or new approaches like human-centered design, that they can, they believe, have a power to improve delivering services for citizens. But getting those implemented can be tricky. Now, what's the biggest misconception, do you think, about young federal employees? The biggest misconception about uh, young government employees is uh, I think the entitlement issue is the number one thing I hear from kind of seasoned leaders or, or um, you know, people, uh, Gen X, is just how entitled uh, kind of the, the youngest generation is in the public workforce. And 
I wouldn't necessarily say that there's not an element of truth to it, but I would say it comes from a spot of they really want to come in and they really want to uh, make an impact. And this generation, if you look at all the stats or the, the, the highest level of volunteerism of all time, the highest kind of optimism uh, in terms of doing good. And so you see they go to, they'd much rather go work at companies that have a social mission or nonprofits or even public service and go work for another bank or another uh, Hormel selling spam. So they really, when they come to public service, they come out of it, come with it, with a mission that really is really honorable and really I think why a lot of people go into public service. So I think that the trick is how do you tap into that, that power to want to make change while also giving them the context of, hey, things don't necessarily happen overnight. Some of the rules and regulations in government are there for a reason. Uh, but here's some other ways to make change. Now, what, what challenges do you see the government having with uh, attracting and keeping uh, these young feds? I mean, some people may come in for a few years but become disillusioned or, you know, decide that it's better for them. They'll have better opportunities in the private sector. A couple of things I always say. There's some there's some low-hanging fruit. So, uh, you know, if you're the head of OPM or head of an agency, I think there's some great low-hanging fruit to help people. So the, the first of all, and I think of it two things. One is kind of getting folks in the door, and then the others, once they're in the board, kind of retaining them. So uh, in terms of recruiting, there's a lot of evidence that people actually want to go work for government. If you, if you make it compelling, and then if you actually make it kind of a clear and, and uh, prestigious on how to get in. So a couple of clear examples, uh, PMF program, Presidential Management Fellow Program has been around for years. They always get nine, you know, six to twelve thousand applications for you know three to six hundred slots. So huge demand for this program, two-year rotation program. And the reason why it's it's prestigious in brand. Uh, it's clear how to apply. It's a very clear process with clear hurdles, so you kind of know what you're getting into. And it's rotation. Young leaders love. They don't want to sign up for. Uh, a, one job for 30 years, uh, but they do like the idea of public service and rotating around. Uh, and you're seeing uh, some of the success here now with the U.S. Digital Service and 18F. So you see, uh, you know, technologists are the hardest competitive talent to get in kind of the modern uh, modern economy right now. But you see Todd Park and, and folks like Mikey Dickerson of the U.S. Digital Service have been able to hire, I think, total between USDS and 18F, you know, two to 300 of the best technologists. And the way they do it, it's really simple. It's they call in the mission, why it matters. Uh, they, they make kind of great recruiting and compelling pitches. So it's not just a kind of a, a USA Jobs link. It's a great compelling video and kind of selling you on why this job's amazing. And they have kind of a kind of a clear path of what applying, getting notification, and getting the role. So I think there's a, there's a real opportunity to just kind of take the best from what currently exists and optimizing it. And then once folks are in, I think some low-hanging fruit is, A, uh, you have to invest in your people. So the worst thing you can do is uh, really tell people, you know, come in, there's all this great work, and then once they're in, not invest in them. So when I mean invest them, I kind of two buckets. One is, is training. So, you know, you have great talent. you got to train your staff. That's what any great organization does, whether it's, you know, Google or Goldman Sachs or GE or uh, the Red Cross, for that matter. And government needs to invest in training, whether it's you know, two-day training summits like ourselves to be a little self-referential on next-gen training summit or sending folks to great training at General Assembly or, you know, project management training. Uh, and the other piece, when I talk investment in people, it's not just, you know, the standard training. It's also all the stuff around that. So that's mentorship. It's around detail assignments, about giving them great work. It's about connecting their job to the mission of the organization. So uh, making sure you're connecting 
uh, with that talent once they're in and giving them the, the training, the tools, and really the, the, the interesting assignments to keep them inspired and engaged is a real opportunity. And uh, the final thought I have on that, you know, government has the best option here and in the fact that they have so much variety within public service. So my dad worked 40 years at IRS, but he always says, you know, I didn't have one job. I had a new job every two years, you know. I just was lucky enough to keep the same benefits and the same pension. And that's the beauty of government, too. You could do, you could work your whole career in public service, but do a million different things, hopping from large organizations like DOD to small ones like Export-Import Bank, uh, missions from health to science to defense. Uh, and I think making it easy to move around in government is also a really interesting opportunity. Okay. Well, the main reason we're, we're talking today is next gen, the Next Generation of Government Training Summit that uh, GovLoop and YGL is hosting July 21st and 22nd in D.C. Uh, what can people expect from that event? So I'm biased, but it's, it's my favorite training that I go to every year, and I speak at probably 50 conferences a year. What's fascinating about it, it's about uh, 650 to 700 Gen XY uh, government employees. And, and the first part of it is just the energy in the room of people wanting to make positive change. So if you're working in government and you feel alone and you feel like there's no one like you, it's one part connecting with folks like you. And as one of our past attendees wrote me once, uh, it reminded her why she got into public service in the first place. So connecting with, with folks that are passionate just like you. And then as tied to that, we have you know a ton of great speakers. So we have folks from the White House down to people that have given talks at, uh, at TED uh, that are just kind of fascinating on, on way to make innovation happen in government around how to grow in your career. Uh, we have tactical sessions. So we have over 50 different sessions, four different tracks. Tracks include kind of your first year to three years, three year, three to seven plus technology tracks. Uh, all these sessions are mapped to OPM ECQs. So that, that, they're really that great practical training any rising leader needs, whether it's project management or being a supervisor for the first time. Uh, what's cool is you can kind of do it all in two days. And then last but not least, I think another fun point we, we bring in the event is we have career coaches, we have mentors, we have uh, kind of business card photo session. So we, we provide a lot of different other resources to help you really grow in your professional environment on those two days. Uh, and the, web, the website for folks is uh, nextgengovt.com. So that's N-E-X-T-G-E-N-G-O-V-T.com. I encourage you to check out. There'll be folks from 50-plus different agencies, so it's a great way to meet uh, kind of fascinating uh, public servants like yourself and really try to grow in your government career. So who are some of the keynote speakers that, that – people might be really interested in hearing. Yeah, so a couple of my, my favorites right now. So we're, we're lucky enough to have the, the OPM director, Director Archuleta, speak, as well as Mikey Dickerson, who runs the U.S. Digital Services. Um, we have Henry uh, Henry DeSaio, who's actually at Ashoka. For folks who don't know Ashoka, they're a fantastic social entrepreneurship organization. Uh, and they have a whole framework about being a change maker and how to make change in, in the world. Uh, one of my other kind of favorites that we have going on, we always have a young mayor. Uh, we've had in the past the young mayor of Ithaca, New York, who was like 25 at the time. Uh, we have the mayor of, of Duluth, Minnesota, who's actually uh, won numerous awards for the changes made in the city, kind of talk about the power uh, that you can make and change. Uh, and then one in the middle that I really like, we have uh, we have Cheryl Kirschenbaum, who has written a number of, of books on science and communication, actually has a TED Talk on the science of kissing, and she's got a whole session on how to be a great communicator on complex issues, kind of leveraging her experiences in the science world and learning how to communicate better on that give back to government. Why do you think it's important to have a conference that's that's focused on the, the young feds? Kind of a couple 
one, I think it's important kind of for any affinity group to have a time to kind of connect and get inspired from each other. And I think, as you mentioned before, there is a real risk amongst kind of these rising government leaders that they're going to come in and kind of leave disenfranchised. And I think that at the simplest, the one thing we can do, if we can connect folks in government that are rising their career to other folks like them and get them inspired and excited to stay in public service, that's a game changer. And we've honestly seen that a lot. So actually, out of the NextGen event, there's been a five to six different affinity groups that have launched the agencies. So there's actually a group called NextGen Census at NextGen that started at our NextGen event where one employee went, was so inspired about public service and her work she was doing that she came back to Census and started a group that was went from 1 to 10 to 20, eventually became a, a sanctioned affinity group uh, at Census. And they actually host their own uh, one-day uh, summit, the NextGen Census event every year. Uh, there's a group at DCMA as well that does it as trade. Uh, so I think just bringing passionate rising leaders together, uh, always great things happen. And then last but not least, you know, rising leaders are still rising, so they need to sharpen their toolkit. And I think we have the sessions, the speakers, the coaches, the mentors that really get them to that next level. Now, what type of feedback have you gotten from your previous conferences? The favorite quotes I've gotten for me is uh, you know, the uh, the, the one around kind of it, it kept me in my career so that, uh, uh, you know, I was going to leave government, but it, it rejuvenated my passion. We had one that basically said NextGen was not just a training summit. It's where I had that aha moment of how to make change in public service. Um, we have folks that said uh, truly changed their trajectory in their career. So there's a number of folks that have actually uh, gotten promotions and switched agencies because of it over the time because uh, the connections they build out of, out of the, the relationship. And really what we've evolved over time is just adding more ways to, to get deeper. So in the, in the first year, we had a lot of great sessions, but less time for uh, breakouts and deeper one-on-ones. So over time, we've added both mentors and coachings into the, the event. We've also gotten feedback from folks of, hey, you know, uh, you know, uh, rising leader is a broad category, and, and there's a difference between the, you know, a 25-year-old GS7 and a maybe a 34-year-old, you know, rising GS14. So we've added tracks. So you might be all kind of young in your rising career, but you know, you you might be uh, a young supervisor and you have different needs of being. How do I be, you know, a senior manager when I'm the youngest person in the room, or how do I manage people older than me? So we've added kind of different topics, kind of based on the the feedback of the organization. But in the end, since the beginning, it's really the the same mission of you know training uh, rising leaders in government, giving a chance to get people to connect with each other, get inspired with getting some tactical tools to go back to their job, you know, a day later and, and be better at their work and in the end, the goal of all government to, to better serve our citizens. So say I'm a young federal employee and this is my first next gen conference, what's a good strategy for me to get the most out of the event? First of all, uh you should go. So, you know, check out the website. We actually have an approval toolkit uh that actually is, is a good toolkit to, to send to your boss of of uh, why you should go, how it maps to OPM, ECQs, and how you're going to learn. So a lot of people have had success with that, so I encourage you to check that out. If you're already signed up to go, you know, a couple things I always give for, for tips is, is, one, be prepared and go all in. So be prepared. Read, you know, read the schedule ahead of time. Know what sessions you really want to go to. You know, get ready for that. And then go all in. You know, use the time. Don't sit in the corner. You know, uh, meet people. So everyone there is there to improve public service. They're there with energy. So, you know, when you're, you know, walking to get a coffee, talk to your neighbor and meet a person. 
take the chance to uh, explore. So you might be in project management. Take the chance to take a, a, a new training and open your mind. I think there's nothing better than the, the time there to connect with others and, and open your brain for some new knowledge. You've been listening to Studio Y, a Federal News Radio podcast. To learn more about us, search for Studio Y at federalnewsradio.com. Download episodes on iTunes and Audioboom. And if there's something that you'd like to learn about as a young federal employee, we'd love to hear it. Contact us at Studio Y at federalnewsradio.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. We're at Studio Y WFED.